Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, and welcome to the Liverboard Sailing Podcast. I'm your host, Annika. I'm hosting this podcast because I want to learn everything that I possibly can about the sailing lifestyle, specifically about becoming a Liverboard cruiser. I do this by talking to Liverboard sailors as well as industry experts and find out all the essentials about boat shopping and selection, the costs of full time sailing, and exactly how people made their dream a reality. Join me and you will get real-life advice, practical tips, and maybe you'll even avoid making some costly mistakes. After listening to these truly inspirational and hugely entertaining stories, you and I will be better prepared to start our sailing adventures. This week, my guests are Jenny and Mac from Cruising Maya, who started small by cruising in local waters and living on board through the Pacific Northwest winters. Now they have started their adventure, and instead of heading to Mexico like originally planned, they decided first to go north to the wilderness of Alaska. And let me tell you, it sounds absolutely magical. Jenny and Mac, thank you for coming uh, on the podcast. Thanks for having us. As an introduction, uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves, uh, like where you're from and where are you now? And of course, since it is a sailing podcast, uh, what kind of boats do you live on? Yeah, so this all started about five years ago. Uh, we were living about two hours east of Seattle and um, we purchased a boat. And then moved aboard in 2018. We'd taken some sailing courses that summer of 2017. That was the first time we had ever sailed a boat by ourselves was the, the day we bought the boat. <laughs> and then we, let's see, moved aboard 2018. Yeah. All right. Let's, the boat is 37 foot Allberg from 1980. And uh, she's a sloop rig. And she had quite a few updates um, from the previous owner. And then like a new mast, new rigging, a new engine. Yeah, the guy the guy dumped probably more than $50,000 into the boat uh, before he decided uh, he wanted a bigger boat. So yeah. he just put it up for sale on Craigslist and we're like, oh, that, that looks good. You know, it's a blue water. It's kind of, an, it's an older boat. She's 40 years old now, but she's very well built. Allbergs have excellent reputations as blue water boats and they're also affordable, which is, you know, attractive. We wanted a blue water boat and we needed it to be uh, affordable and the Allberg just hit the spot. And then like pretty much all older boats, there are always going to be other updates and other repairs that you need to do. So we just continued the refit over the last couple of summers. Um, we did, we were able to cruise up to British Columbia for like two months at a time in 2018, 2019. And then when COVID hit in 2020, we decided to just uh, really 
put the nose of the grindstone and just really do all the project that we wanted to do. Yeah, and then we finally launched on our grand adventure. We're now in Wrangell, Alaska, as of right now. So we came up through the Inside Passage in April. So we've been out about a month, and we've gone about 1,100 miles yeah, so, so far on this trip. We made quite a few miles getting through uh, BC, and then now, uh, now that we're up in Alaska, we're kind of, you know, um, just taking our time here around Alaska. Yeah, well, you have certainly come a long way for sure. I just want to backtrack a little bit. Did you say that you bought the boat and uh, did your sailing course uh, in the same summer or the same year? Let's see. It was about nine months apart, I think. Yeah, so we did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we did it. We did a sailing course. We did a one-week sailing course, like liveaboard charter thing. And then, yeah, about nine months later, we found Maya and, and bought the boat. So that was the only sailing experience we had was that one week. And we didn't sail at all until we bought. we found Maya. And then once we got aboard, that was the scariest thing, leaving the dock for the first time by ourselves. That was that was really scary. Like I lost sleep for weeks just thinking about backing up the boat. <laughs> the docking out of the dock, you know. <laughs> it was really it was very stressful. Um I and mean, it was fine once we actually did it, but just the build up to yeah. it. You know, you have all these scenarios and yeah. So yeah, we started from ground zero yeah. <laughs> essentially. Yeah, no, it's funny because it sounds actually really similar to what I'm thinking. And I've been wondering about this exact thing, like, well, should I do my sailing course now? What if I'm only buying a boat a year from now? Or like, should I wait with the course? And uh, how do you time all that? So I'm, I'm glad to hear that it worked out for you, even though you had a fairly sort of lengthy break in there in between there. Yeah, we found the sailing course like very useful. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some things that, you know, you maybe get a little rusty on because it's been nine months, but but all those general things of how to sail and we're all there, you know, came right back. Yeah, we learned we learned a lot, you know, and just just stuff, not just sailing, but, you know, engine checks and, you know, yeah. how to anchor. And, you know, we did the one thing I would have liked to have done a little more on that week was more docking because docking is pretty much the scariest thing. You know, it's from a captain's perspective, it's like that's that's the scariest part about boating, honestly, is uh, <laughs> some docking. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't have to go far to be doing something scary, hey? <laughs> no, it's funny. You've never been more terrified than going a half knot. You know, it's just like you're completely <laughs> gripped. Just you're going just inches, and <laughs> it can be scary. <laughs> yeah, no, I could definitely understand that. So, how did you actually even get? into sailing like how did you suddenly realize that hey we should live on a sailboat and go sail the world well we were we had kind of gone down the path you know we kind of been down the tradition called the traditional in quotation marks path of you know we were kind of young professionals we had gotten married we bought a house we got a dog and uh you know we kind of settled into that and then it was just like winter one winter and i think we were just kind of kind of bored, I guess, you know, just kind of just like, I don't know. We're like, we have all the, we're going, we're following this path and it just kind of felt like something was maybe not missing, but we're just like, I don't know. We just, let's do something different. And then basically Jenny was like, let's, let's get a boat. And I'm like, yeah, let's get a boat. And, <laughs> it literally and, happened those exact words. <laughs> and then it was cool because the gear just like, cause we were kind of focused just on working and then maybe retirement off when we were like 60, it was like this way off goal, but then we decided to buy a boat and then like the gears shifted. And then our focus was just all, all on that. So it just gave a whole lot more drive. You know, we owned a house like, it was like, okay, we need to flip this house. We need to make some money on it. Like let's, let's do this thing. And that's kind of how it all came to be. And yeah. It, and yeah. I think there was also always kind of this natural progression because we met, on the river as whitewater mm -hmm. raft guides back in Colorado. And then we moved out to Washington, again, lived on the river there and we did a bunch of kayaking. We're just, yeah, we're water people yeah. just, and we started on rivers. Yeah. And, yeah, and again, then, the, yeah, we did some whitewater kayaking in, in um, the Eastern Washington region. And then we moved to the West Coast near Seattle. And then we just continued to do some like um, sea kayaking. And then I think, you know, Mac was, we had paddled all day. And then we get to an island oh, yeah. and then a sailboat rolls up and they just drop anchor and we see them just having some wine out on their deck and run. Yeah. We've paddled like eight <laughs> hours in a sea kayak, you know, yeah. we're just, we're sleeping on the ground and these guys just roll in, drop yeah. anchor. 
wine open, grill up, like, okay. Like, I think that that's when the gears started to turn <laughs> then, you know, we're just, but it always seemed just kind of like this out of reach thing, I guess, you know, like, oh, you yeah, know, who does no, that, right? Yeah. Sailing. yeah. I think then we were kind of reading like, you know, blogs and stuff and just like, oh, you know, there are people doing this and some people are working on their boat. Some people are, you know, fixing them up as they go. And, um, yeah, we found YouTube channels. Yeah. Like, so we didn't, we didn't realize that people did like the stuff on YouTube too. It was like, yeah. then we just went down that rabbit hole with like, just watching all these things like oh you know you're just dreaming you yeah. know watching these videos of yourself and that and it's like oh we got to do this yeah thing. so i feel like there's always been kind of this undercurrent of maybe we were kind of headed that way and then it finally just kind of all came together that winter we were just like, like let's get oh, a boat yeah like the light <laughs> yeah. bulb just kind of turned on and we're like that's what we need to do I love that. Yeah, no, and I'm actually seeing a lot of uh, similarities compared to the, all the other people I've talked to on the podcast. Uh, there seems to have been some sort of re realization of like, hang on, why would we wait till retirement? Yeah. Like, what if we don't even make it there? Or what if we're not in good health anymore? And, you know, 30 years from now, like, why not live, a, you know, the life we want to live now? And it sounds like you are pretty adventurous people from your backgrounds and outdoorsy people. And uh, I imagine the sailing life, uh, it seems like a natural fit for that kind of person. It, it hits all the marks for us. It's, it's yeah. yeah, the adventure, it's the, uh, you know, the projects the creativity part aspect um it's yeah it's being you know i i would really i really like just being out especially in alaska here or just just in general but you know you're in the wilderness i'm you're on the water you're basically in the wilderness and you get to enjoy all of that from the comfort of home i mean it's 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 just this nice bundle of it yeah. just wraps it all in a nice package yeah the, there's the whole boating thing you're kind of like you're out in this place where you know you feel like you know hardly there's no people and you're like I shouldn't even be here because it would be hard to just exist you know as yeah you know even camping or anything but yet you're here in this beautiful place with all your amenities it's yeah we were watching cool. uh we, we were watching a grizzly bear uh just like three days ago with our morning coffee you know I'm sure <laughs> yeah. it's like unreal like it's just surreal like yeah it's as good as it gets for sure yeah very cool feel. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw at least one video on your Instagram uh, where there was a bear swimming and it just looked so wild. I was like, it's exactly what I picture Alaska to be. And he didn't, I realized like he didn't even know we were there until kind of the end of the video. He turns and he's like, oh, there they are. oh. there's people here. <laughs> so it was really cool to kind of be able to just observe him. And See that reaction too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, so yeah. cool. So take me back to that time when you said that okay let's get a boat how long was it till you actually did get to the point where you got a boat that was february february so and then we bought it in april april so like two and a half months was it no it was february and then to the next year oh is that yeah, right yeah, yeah oh okay it's okay like 10, oh. nine ten months okay yeah. yeah it was really crazy how it happened um and we totally believe in this process too for other things in life. Mm -hmm. um, but we, so we sat down and we, cause first of all, we went to the Seattle boat show. We listened to some seminars about boat buying, you know, trying to do some research on what's a good boat. We got a list of blue, blue water boats that kind of helped us narrow it down. And then we just started trolling through the internet on yacht world and um, Craigslist. And then, uh, but, you know, we weren't really sure there's a lot of boats out there. And then I said, okay, let's sit down. Let's make a list of everything we want in a boat. And so we went to the coffee shop, did made that list. Including, including the, right now, including the price of how much yeah, we want to spend. We even put down an exact price and it was down to like, okay, we even want like a composting toilet on the boat. And if it was, you know, already converted to the holding tank, we've already, you know, converted into extra gas or water. And um, so we, made that list and then not even 24 hours later mac was on craigslist and he's like look at this boat that popped up and we started looking at the list and we're like checking the boxes and we're like this has everything even down to the the price head. the, the, yeah, and the, the price was exactly how much you know we put yeah. down it was exactly how much uh we were willing to spend that was, yeah, that was that's crazy. Was yeah. surreal. It was surreal. It you had know? a wind vane. It had it was amazing. It, yeah, it, it hit all the things that we had listed. But I mean, we had listed like twenty yeah. or so things. Yeah, that was surreal. Yeah, 
So that was kind of, and then Maya is a cool name because it, it means a lot of different things in different languages, but um, it kind of means like dreams that become manifest. And then um, it also means illusion too, which has been kind of funny because I kind of was like, what does that mean for, I'm kind of worried about that about a boat. And it's kind of like what we imagined cruising to be was just kind of this like dreamy world of just like we're just out in the ocean just just bobbing along just in the yeah it's this magical it. yeah and it's funny because then and then all the boat projects but you know it's much it, it's the, much better though than what we yeah, imagined it's much it's just, different than yeah. what we had envisioned to begin with but it's also much better yeah you know so I think that that name Maya kind of is funny, you know, in, in its own way that it's kind of like, you know, with that double meaning. And that was the boat's original name. We yeah, didn't we, we didn't change the name or anything. That was that was the she came named as Maya. I love when boats have a cool name story. They are just the best. And it certainly sounds like it was meant to be for you guys as well. Um, well, you touched on on. Uh, you know, the expectations or sort of the illusion and image of sailing that you maybe had in your head. And and this is something I've been thinking about uh, quite a lot, actually, just this morning, my partner, Adam, and I were wondering and talking about this, like, are we just being really naive about this? Like, we have this picture in our head, and it's probably going to be nothing like it. So uh, you said that it's been different, but better. Can you give some examples of like how would that look like um, from what you thought it was going to be? Yeah, I so I would say when we first started, you know, we're like, all right, we're going to buy a boat and we're just going to go sailing. You know, we have like, we're just like cruising, you know, and we're, we're just, oh, it's just magical blue Bahama water, you know, <laughs> we're just going and it it's been completely different than that uh, but yeah. honestly that's like the best part i would say because it, it is completely different you know you can't even imagine what you're going to see and what you're ex going to experience and that's that's exciting you know like that is i don't want to follow the script i guess you know what i mean um i, I want to be see something new and completely unexpected every day and that's basically what it's been and yeah and it's been i would say a lot more boat projects than we had anticipated. Which has been good because we didn't realize we would gain all these skills. Um, yeah. After buying a boat, now we know how to do fiberglass. Um, Mac took like some engine courses at our local community college, a marine tech program. And so he did engine, electrical, um, yeah, gosh, like some other ones. It's been, I'd say the boat has just been a vessel for education and, yeah. and skill development, which is which is awesome, which is going to serve, serve us for, you know, decades to come. So it's been super empowering of just boat ownership in general, you know, cause we do all the work ourselves. Like we can't afford to have people do the work cause it, it's unbelievably expensive. Um, you know, boat parts are just expensive in general, but you add on labor, it's just like, forget it, you know? So you just got to buckle down and, and maybe you got to learn something, you know, and that's, that's great, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because back in like we thought that we'd be in Mexico by 2018. Mm, that was the grand that was the grand about. plan. We were gonna buy the boat and then that first summer we're to like gonna learn, I guess, you know, that summer in the Pacific Northwest and then yeah. we we're gonna jet down to Mexico. <laughs> we hadn't even learned how to anchor yet. And we realized, oh wait, the anchor chain doesn't even match the windlass. Oh, <laughs> so we had yeah. like a huge So it's funny just how you your thought is, okay, we're just gonna head down the coast and and then we're going to go through the Panama Canal and we'll just be in Florida by 2019. You know, yeah. it is just funny how you, what you think just turns out to be uh, totally different. Cause then we realize like, Oh, you know, we need to maybe figure out these things about the boat, get to know her better. And then we just kind of learned too, like, maybe we should just slow down. Slow and, down. Oh, wait. And there's this whole area to cruise to, you know, up North. And that once we saw that, we, that our eyes were really, wide open we were like we need to stay and just really explore this area more and even alaska we're kind of like struggling with like there's so much to see and we want to you know i want to see it all but you know we kind of have to really you know our, our the way we cruise is that you know we just like to go slow really like experience each place um or else we're just kind of or else we're just out on the water you know motoring or sailing all day every day 
Um, but it's just really nice to kind of go to a place, drop the hook, and then just let the wildlife kind of come out and, you know, fish and be able to just really be in nature. Yeah. Alaska, Alaska was not even a thought when we, even when we had just purchased my house, like we didn't even think about Alaska or, or BC for that matter. Yeah. And we just went up that first, that first year just to, to BC. Cause like, okay, we, we can't, we're not going to take the boat down the coast to, uh, to California or Mexico. Like that was just we're not ready too to daunting it, yeah. of it, you know? So like, all right, we'll go up to BC and <laughs> we keep going North. <laughs> and I, that's what I say is the best part about cruising. And the one thing that I think is most important is just kind of like, uh, don't stick to like a hard plan. Yeah. Um, just be yeah. open to however the plan develops and however you, both of you are feeling, you know, cause we always say like, you know, if one of us doesn't feel right about something then we, you know, we don't do it. Or we don't anchor there. And so it's just, it's been nice to kind of just be open to the the possibilities of the different options out there. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds kind of a uh, cliche, but you just kind of go with the flow, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, that's kind of, it's very true, especially in like a, a five and a half knot boat, you know, like the tides, you just go with the flow, but also bigger yeah. scale, like just go with the flow, go with what feels right. And, and that's um, what's nice about sailing is it's all about your comfort level. You can totally, you know, cruise these different areas of protected waters for a while. Mm-hmm. And then you can, you know, you know, go offshore whenever you're, you know, whenever you're ready. And I think that that's different for everybody. And, yeah. You can, especially, I would say in this area, I mean, we don't have any other experience in other parts of the world sailing, but um, you can really slowly kind of expand your, what's what I'm looking for. Like skills experience. Yeah. You just kind of slowly work your way up, you know, like, okay, you know, just it's very protected and, you know, you can kind of take off bigger bites as you're ready. As opposed to, you know, you're, it's not like you're going to buy a boat and then yeah. go off to Hawaii or, you know, cross an ocean. Some people yeah. do, you know, and we actually know people that just bought a boat and down the it, coast. Yeah. And so that, they did it. That's yeah. good for them. That's cool. Yeah. But we just would have felt like we were probably gripped the whole time. And, you yeah. know, we just and not enjoying like, it. Yeah. We just want to feel a little more cool. comfortable and yeah, confident. Yeah. Say. Yeah. Well, that's actually a really good point because I think it's uh, it's really interesting to hear that you had sort of this idea like, oh yeah, we'll go to Mexico. And then you're like, oh, maybe past that land and let's start a little bit closer to home. And it sounds like a sensible plan. Like you said, develop your skill set, but also the confidence before you head out anywhere further. And of course, everything's always easier when you're a little bit closer to home in your home country or in Canada, you know, close enough <laughs> Anglophone countries that, you know, things roll uh, as you kind of expect. So really interesting to hear that you made that sort of um, change of plans, but also a little bit sounds like a mindset shift as well. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's kind of the, you know, it goes back to the, the uh, expectation is, to- is, is com- the reality is totally different than the expectation. And it's better because we, you know, we didn't plan on coming to Alaska and Alaska has been amazing and BC has been amazing. And, and all the summers and all the, the people we've met in the last few years, uh, just from changing that plan and, and all that and the expectation. So. Yeah. The cruising community, like, like the, boating community in Anacortes where we were at was just like a great like support for us to like you know bounce ideas off of you know Mm -hmm. people uh, professors from the marine tech yeah I went to yeah there's a marine tech program that I was enrolled in there so great community yeah a wealth of knowledge that you know we were able to tap into and so that that was really but overall too I think just the boater the boating community in general is uh very welcoming and would just, just wants to help and encourage anyone and everyone to, to go out and, and to boat and to experience and, and, and enjoy. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So obviously with this change of plans that you had, there's been like a what, two, three year sort of delay before you set out further. One fact that remains is that you then spent a few winters on the boat in the Pacific Northwest. And I definitely want to talk about this because you have experience living on a 37-foot boat in the winter in Marina in the Pacific Northwest. So super interested to hear more about that. And uh, in one of your videos, uh, I saw there's like a ton of snow, you're making snow angels on the dock, and it looked like a really decent amount of snow as well. And, uh, you know, if it's not snowing, it's definitely raining. So let's talk about winter. Uh, how was it or has it been living on a fairly small boat in the winter, especially when you weren't really, you know, you were picturing yourselves in Mexico and then you end up in the Pacific Northwest. So how was that like? I would say the winter is is rough. I mean, I'm just, it's, you know, it, it's tough. But I want to, uh, there's a caveat that our boat is not really set up for winter living like we don't have like if we had a proper diesel heater with like a hydronic heating system with heat coming out of the floor i think it would have been a lot easier we don't have hot water aboard the boat or like you know pressurized water or, or a shower. shower or anything so i think we're we're more on the lines of like a little more spartan than than the other boats can be so i want to make that caveat so i think we had just a little space heater, which which was okay, but we were we were kind of roughing it, and with with proper heat, I think we'd be okay. The biggest, the worst part is the wind. Mm -hmm. um, it is really that is difficult because you're going to lose sleep, and sleep is very important to us, um, and especially it just everything takes longer. And you know, if you're trying to, it's one thing if if you maybe have maybe just a part time job or. But if you're trying to juggle a full-time job and then living on the boat and you're losing sleep and yeah, but if you kind of if you know that like there's light at the end of the tunnel like you're like okay i know after this winter we're gonna do this and that you know then it's definitely like easier with that mindset i yeah. think it would be tough if you're like okay this is just where i live you know winter for winter we would definitely need some adjustments yeah too. well and we did and we you know yeah. we did so we did two winters on the boat and then this was going into the third winter that's this was covid yeah. covid summer going into covid winter like oh, okay no no we're like, we're, we're, not a third we're, winter. Yeah. we're done so um, we did move off the boat for the third winter but that was nice yeah, because it gave us it gave us a break and then we just came back supercharged super happy to be on the boat yeah we were able to do projects on the boat during that winter that we wouldn't have it's tough to live on a boat when you're trying to have a work zone too. It's very difficult. So like we were able to just kind of really, you know, take everything out of the boat. We blew up just, the boat. Yeah. yeah it became and, a workshop and just, and so that was really nice. There were some projects that we wouldn't have been able to get to mm -hmm. without moving off the boat for that the six months. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that, that making that decision was not particularly difficult after two winters. Um, but something uh, I am wondering about is because I haven't obviously lived on a boat before. You mentioned that, you know, the lack of sleep and all that, but you spent obviously the winter in a marina. So I'm trying to kind of get an understanding of how challenging is it to live in a marina. So you're saying it, even in a marina, the weather is a big factor uh, in terms of how loud or noisy or, or uh, comfortable it is i guess yeah you're you're bouncing around i mean everything's creaking and the you know you'll just the boat will just just whoop, and then it'll just kind of jerk yeah and oh then you're awake and it, it's, everybody's halyards are slapping, they're slapping. <laughs> it's just a loud it's a loud environment um when it's windy you yeah. know earplugs um, are earplugs earplugs are are key actually a good a dehumidifier, like a big dehumidifier is mandatory for living on a boat in the winter. Like that's, yeah, yeah. or else like just everything gets dinged and yeah. it's not good. Perfect. I literally wrote that down just now. Fire, <laughs> yes, like yes. Put stars <laughs> next to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, 
really, really interesting to hear about this because your situation sounds pretty similar to what I'm actually planning. So living in a boat, working full time, and then sort of cruising on the weekends and holidays, developing that skill set and confidence, and then set sails uh, or set sail a few years later. But it's something that I've been thinking a lot lately, just because I am so at the beginning of this process that I could go sort of either way, you know, whether I should buy a boat and live the somewhat um, stationary live aboard life for a while and then start sailing. Or should I just, you know, pause it for a little bit to save money and buy a boat only when I'm actually ready to be moving somewhere, maybe a little bit warmer or uh, somewhere further away. So given all this, you know, what you just say, like all the weather in the Pacific Northwest and the limitation to sailboat living, I'd be curious to hear whether you think your approach of living on the boat and then setting sail was worth it or would you change anything? Yes, I would I would say get the boat and live on it, get to know the boat. You're going to you're just going to you're going to you're going to learn how to live on the boat. You know, you're going to all these little there's little tricks to organization, where things go. I mean, that's a learning process all to itself. So the earlier you can start that and 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 just get good at living on the boat, the better. Yeah, because once we kind of we moved off the boat, and then once we moved back aboard, I could tell a, a huge difference from the first time we moved aboard. We were just like, <laughs> yeah. we had all these totes and all this stuff. and Stuff like, we didn't need. Go? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now it's just like, we moved back on the boat. We're like, yep, this is this spot. You know, this goes here, here, here. Oh, there's no space for that. That's going. I know I don't use that anymore. So it's it was really helpful yeah. to live on the boat yeah, and just, we saved a ton of money um living aboard for those three years oh you know yeah. just like that our rent yeah, yeah. Was only the mortgage for yeah we did save we saved a lot of money so for us it was that was really helpful yeah you know, i don't i don't want to discourage people from living on a boat in the in the i just i would say there are a couple things you want to do is, is get yourself a proper heating setup and a dehumidifier and yeah. Just know that there is going to be weather. And I think um, if you have a good kind of enclosure in the cockpit, that's really nice because yeah. you can either sit outside sometimes yes. even though it's raining, or you can at least like take off your kind of your rain gear and stuff out there, which we don't really have a good setup for the cockpit. So that would have been also been really helpful. Yeah, an enclosed cockpit. Yeah. To kind of have like area. your porch, you know. Yeah. 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 Okay, that is actually really reassuring to hear because that has been sort of our plan for the longest time. And just recently, we've started to doubt like, oh, no, is this like the craziest plan? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> All right, so just be prepared for the winter, you know, go in with a certain expectation and have an end date, I guess, in mind to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, it helps. <laughs> it's good. It's a good experience. And, you know, you learn to appreciate summer that much more. And it's, you'll always remember it. So it, it's good. Overall, it's good. It can be challenging, but. But getting to know the boat, you find like where, what's leaking, what's, you know, you just, yeah. you can really, the boat just kind of shows you what, what love it needs. So. Yeah. The more time you can spend on, yeah, the more time you can spend on the boat, the better, especially before you go off and do maybe a big trip or anything. Yeah. You yeah. definitely want to spend time to look everywhere in the boat and yeah, just yeah, see what needs it. attention. Yeah, for sure. And of course, just to learn to sail as well and develop the confidence that we were talking about earlier. Um, what was your sailing season like? Did you sail into winter months there at all? Or is it was were you guys strictly, what, what is the summer season there? Is it May till August, September, April? <laughs> How long is this sort of good sailing season there? Yeah, April starts to get really nice. Um, you can even sail a little bit in March. And then um, it goes all the way till like October. Yeah, early October. I mean, you could still get out, but it starts getting cold and really windy. Yeah. And then, November's really windy. Yeah, November, forget it. And then it's really scary. You know, I would go out and sail, that'd be fine in November, but getting back into the dock, you know, when it's blowing, getting into your slip when it's blowing 25 knots, like, I don't want that stress. Like, that's, that is scary. <laughs> yeah. So um, we really didn't boat. We don't boat really at all. In in, from like November to March, yeah, the boat pretty much was at the dock. Yeah, and that makes sense because you don't want to take the boat out in conditions that are not favorable or can very quickly turn into something very different than what you were expecting. So that that was sort of my expectation as well. To sort of the November to April, that's marina time, and uh, that's there, are, there are nice days in the winter though. And we have a friend who's got a it's a I believe it's a Seabird thirty seven. He it's a center cockpit and he's got a full enclosure he's got hydronic heat 
So he'll be, he'll go out in the winter time and, uh, he's got, he's in a t-shirt, you know, in his, in his, uh, yeah. cockpit, you know, just love and life. So yeah. there are boats that, that you can go out and do that if you want. I mean, ours is just an open cockpit. It just we're doesn't just, work. Yeah. So. We're like, if so, if it's really rainy and we're just like, uh, you know, yeah. then we'll just, you know, just go out. So yeah. yeah, if you have a pool enclosure, that's really mm -hmm. helpful in the Northwest. Yeah, I can imagine that would make a really big difference. So I do want to talk about all about Alaska. But before we get there, I wanted to talk about your third crewmate, uh, Disco, who is the lovely, lovely dog. And she looks like she's maybe like an Australian cattle dog type. She's a she's a pretty solid mutt. Okay. <laughs> you know, she, we did her DNA test and it was a whole big grab bag of pretty much everything you can imagine. Chihuahua, yeah. I mean, pit, you name it. It's it's in her. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, how is she like, and how has she adjusted to um, this sailing life, both in the marina and now that you're uh, on the go? It's funny. I think when we lived in the house for six months, when we were kind of off the boat that third winter, I think she kind of missed the boat, actually. <laughs> so, because every time we drive to the marina or you know get on, the, she is like running, you know, full speed down the dock, knows exactly where her slip is, and turns in there. So she she loves it. I think. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's like an she's, adventure dog. Yeah, she's, she's a like... little she's a little champ. She is, you know, totally will adjust to any situation. I mean, we're really lucky to have a dog like her. You know, she's she's awesome. Yeah, you know, really. Athletic. She's down for anything. Yeah, so she can like kind of get up the the steep steps here through the cockpit, and then you know jump down to the dinghy or up to the side. So she's yeah, she adjusts really well. Yeah, she looks like a really good boat dog because she's got that sort of shorter uh, fur but she's also very athletic looking how old is she she's about probably now about seven i think yeah about seven yeah 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 and then size wise i think she's pretty good because she's wait she weighs like, what 30 pounds or something yeah she's, yeah she's 40 pounds i think that's probably i wouldn't want a dog much bigger than that on, yeah. a, on a boat this size you know i mean i can't imagine having a hundred pound dog yeah, we've heard, like, people who have, like, bigger dogs, I guess they say, like, the walk-through transom is, like, really mm. helpful for them. Yeah. You know, we don't have that, so it's nice that she can just jump down to the paddleboard or down to the dinghy really easy. Um, but, yeah, I'd say if we had a bigger dog, I would have thought we probably need, like, a walk-through transom or something, so it's easy to load and unload the dog. Yeah, that uh, walk-through transom is actually on my sort of both features list even though we have a, a small dog the shetland sheep dog so it weighs about 23 pounds or so but very fluffy fairly athletic and energetic but uh it won't do like super big jumps and uh, i've talked to other boaters who have dogs as well and they're like next year you have a walk to a trans and i was like okay okay <laughs> got it so that's one thing we would love i mean just to have that just to be able to step off your dinghy right onto that or Put your feet in the water. A walk through transom is a really nice. nice feature to have on a yeah. boat. Well, exactly. I mean, my dog is uh, fairly small. Like, I can carry him easily if need be. But obviously, everything is more difficult on a boat. <laughs> so <laughs> if we can make it easier, just make it easier. <laughs> any sort of, uh, has there been any big surprises with having a dog on board? I mean, obviously, she you've just completed a pretty long sail, so she must have um, learned to do her business on the boat and all that. So sounds like she's adjusted pretty well to all of that. So has it been entirely smooth process? You know, in the first, like, 24 hours is a little tough because we had always taken her to shore, like, twice, at least twice a day, morning or evening. And then um, when we had to do this big sail where we knew we couldn't touch land in Canada uh, this time, um, we tried to do as much training as we could before the trip, um, but the dog, you know, just knows that, oh, I don't, the the boat is not where I do my business, you know, like, this is our house, and so we just, you know, we did as much training as we could, but um, it really takes that, like, just waiting period, unfortunately, yeah, just, yeah. just waiting it out, and kind of just, you know, keep trying to reinforce, like, you can go here, you know, this is, this is the area, just keep leading them there, when you can tell they're kind of getting a little, you know, like, looking around like when are you gonna take me it's time to go to shore yeah. she you know she finally went there's tons of treats and um and then we just kept doing that over and over and it's been no problem now yeah now she's now yeah. she yeah she definitely prefers to go on shore so yeah. I mean, now we're kind of back to shore yeah. mission. 
yeah, she knows she knows that it's okay to go on the boat, and that's a that's a big relief. It's so nice. It's yeah. so nice. And does she get seasick at all? No, she never has. And there are times where if she did ever get seasick, she would have by now. Yeah, <laughs> I've been seasick fine. more than the dog. So um, <laughs> I was going to ask if you get seasick then, if she doesn't. But how about both of you? <laughs> yeah, I do. You haven't been seasick. You have a little, little, maybe a little bit. bit but I mean. I, I'm usually like try to stay up in the cockpit and like looking out and that always helps me. Yeah. There are definitely things you can do to, to minimize your risk. I've only been seasick three or four times in the last three or four years. Yeah. So, and you are sometimes like looking down at something, reading something. And so then, yeah, yeah if you're, if, if you're in doing that, I think you would have been if you're in a nasty sea state and you're looking, if you're reading something like, Oh, you're just, you're going to throw up, <laughs> you know, like you just learn to not, you know, maybe just drink lots of water. Like if we know we're going to go into some nasty water, like I won't drink coffee in the morning and we'll stay above deck, like going below deck is a, you do not want to do that in nasty sea state. So there's things you just learn. Yeah, for sure. I'm already mentally prepared because I know I get seasick, although I've never gotten sick on a sailboat. But for a while there, I had a job that took me on a small expedition cruise ship to Antarctica. There's a lot of rough weather there, and I have been very royally seasick there. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the worst <laughs> condition. If, yeah. if you got through that, I think you'll yeah. probably be like, you yeah. know, cruising these you'll be like, this is a breeze. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be too concerned about yeah. being seasick all the time. We've been BC, you yeah. know, the protected waters. A lot. I mean, a lot of times it's just like a lake out there. It's it's amazing, you know, it's, it's just really comfortable to, to sail around on um, yeah. in the protected waters of BC and Washington and Alaska. Yeah, no, that's true. And I've seen that that in, in a lot of YouTube videos from sailors who are in that area that often it is actually quite glassy and you just have to motor around too. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not worried about being seasick at all times, just maybe when it gets rough, but I'm just mentally preparing myself. That's okay. You know, it doesn't have to <laughs> end there. Like life goes on. I've, I've lived through it before. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. So... Alaska. So obviously you mentioned it wasn't part of your original plan, but then at some point it started to, I guess, make sense that, hey, let's go check out Alaska before we head out further uh, south, anywhere further away from home. What made you go to Alaska? And uh, tell us a little bit about the trip that you just recently completed, because I know that you couldn't stop in Canada or at least get off the boat in Canada. So that was quite a stretch. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, we were definitely tired of just motoring, driving the boat. Yeah. You know, trying to get through Canada because we knew, you know, like they said, you know, because they were giving us passage from Washington through to Alaska that, you know, you need to have the most direct route, you know, fewest stops that you can. And so, you know, we did what we could to try to get through. We did. We, we did a lot of miles in just a couple of weeks. It was yeah. it was honestly pretty draining you know it's like it's a it's a lot of time we did over 100 miles one day that was a, that was yeah an unbelievably long day toward the end of 2020 we were kind of seeing like okay it doesn't look like you know water's probably gonna open um we're like gosh we'd really like to get back to you know cruising you know and like especially columbia yeah, area but well, you know we know that's not gonna be possible especially after 2020 just kind of being locked down and yeah. you know we're just like okay well we can't do anything in 2020 so like let's 2021 let's let's go for it let's let's yeah we still want to go to mexico but like let's let's go to alaska first you know like let's see what that's all about and then head from there so that's kind of i think like since we've been through like most of the inside passage through you know vancouver island um you know we were really comfortable with that stretch so we were like mm -hmm. okay we you know we know you know where the like seymour narrows all these different things landmarks that you know we feel comfortable getting through those and then there was the the second stretch you know that we hadn't done before. And so we Cape just, caution in order. Yeah. So I think that made it a lot easier decision to, to say, let's go to Alaska because we're comfortable with half of it. Yeah. Yeah. The mystery of, of the, at least the Southern inside passage, like, Oh, we can, we can do that. We've yeah. done that. You know, it's like, all right, let's, let's see how far we can go. And did you, were you able to actually do a lot of sailing or was it a lot of motoring as well? Well, so we actually, um, we did a rig inspect. We went up the mast like two days before we launched for Alaska, and uh, we found our force day is uh, kind of compromised up there. You know, we're not expert rigging experts, but it's um, it's like twisted, and it's just, like you can kind of see through it. it. It's just 
it doesn't look right. So um, we made the decision to keep our launch date, but uh, replace our force day underway. We actually just picked that up the force day yesterday here in uh, Wrangell, we had it Alaska. Um, so we're going to fix that while we're up here in the next week or so. So we motored the entire way. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we were just a motorboat the whole time. Yeah. And um, we have heard like other people who had made the trip like a few weeks earlier on a sailboat that they had motored. Maybe they sailed like um, a third of the time or so or yeah. around they're, half. They're pretty, they're pretty hardcore sailors. Yeah. Though. I mean, I, so they, there's, they did a fair bit. Yeah, they did a fair bit. I Even if we did have a, a good rigging and all that, we probably would have sailed like 15% of the time. I mean... Yeah. It's just because um, sometimes it's tough because the wind just is always changing through these different channels in the inside. And there's yeah. tide. There's, you know, we got to, you have to be at certain places at certain times to, to hit the tide. So it's, yeah. And, and we're, I mean, we're not diehard sailors, I guess, you know, we're, yeah. you know, we're, we like to say we're cruisers as opposed to sailors. So, you know, probably someone who loved sailing more would sail more. We, yeah. we just, we well, had to make, we had to make miles. Like, yeah. And, probably just need to get used to fixing our boat in exotic locations. So we just said, let's, let's send the force day up somewhere to Alaska and we're going to fix it somewhere up here now. Yeah. Well, kudos for you for sticking to your sort of launch date or your, your uh, departure date that you had set. Because I can imagine it would have been really sort of demoralizing to wait another X amount of time yeah. when you've been looking forward to that departure for so long. And you finally got to start living the dream that you already had many years ago when you first bought the boat. So I just wanted to hear your sort of fresh thoughts on obviously you're in Alaska, which is amazing. I've seen the waterfalls and the wildlife and the wilderness and uh, moving to some of the more positive aspects of cruising. We talked a lot about the challenges of live upward life, but you know, now you're living the dream. Now you're out there. How's that been? Is it, uh, is this more of what you expected? Definitely. Yeah. It's, you know, the area that we were in in Misty Fjords uh, National Monument was just like, I mean, that was. Yeah. We're still buzzing off that. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, just total wilderness. I mean, total wilderness. You, we have all the creature comforts of home. I mean, you just, you just can't beat it. You know, you're at anchor and you know, the view is constantly cause you're, you know, you're kind of moving at anchor. you the view is constantly changing. It's yeah. It's just, I, I love it. You know, you're yeah. in the wilderness and but all the creature comforts of home. It's yeah. great. The best of both worlds. Yeah. It sounds then that it was definitely a good decision to head north because so many people just i feel like they don't even think about it like you said at the beginning you weren't it wasn't in your radar either you were just thinking of heading south where it's nice and warm but i mean why not go to alaska if you have the time and the ability and then head because you know once you leave the pacific northwest area and head south it's a whole lot harder to go back up exactly yeah, exactly absolutely. yeah I kind of feel like we have our cake and we're eating it too, even though we're not in Mexico yet or haven't, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the next few months. That's part of the deal with this whole thing. He's like, you know, who knows if we're going to make it to Mexico, but it, it does feel like we have our cake and we're eating it too with being here in Alaska right now. Actually, something I did want to talk to you uh, about is your jobs. Did you just flat out, have you now quit your jobs or are they sort of on pause or are you working remotely? Um, We are not working right now right now it's kind of just yeah. we're lucky that we just get to focus on this and you know we do we are we have a little online presence as you know so it's it's nice having not having a full-time job i we're able to focus on you know our youtube videos and you know we've got a little uh, we've got a little store open on our website which is fun we we incorporated a business earlier this year which is yeah kind of a long time dream i guess you know that we kind of just got to realize which is yeah. which is fun so it's it's given us time to do those things and kind of scratch those itches, um, which we're very fortunate to. Yeah, because it was really hard to do when we were both working full time, yeah. you know, to really, you know, we were also trying to do the projects on the boat. Yeah, that's stuff. a whole yeah. other job unto itself. So it's nice to kind of give way more time and energy into um, that creative. Create creative endeavors. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm really glad that you have that freedom because obviously you put a lot of work into it. You've, uh, you know, you worked towards this for a long time. So I'm really glad to see you guys just have the freedom to do and explore and be creative. And actually I was in your uh, shop earlier this week and on your, uh, on your website and I love the disco mugs. Wow. They're amazing. 
I mean, you can't go wrong with a little doggy face on a mug. It's uh, yeah, that was a really cool idea. So well done on that one. <laughs> well, just as we start to wrap up uh, this podcast, I wanted to ask you something that I ask most of my guests. What is something you wish you knew before you started all of this? Or is there anything you would do differently? I wouldn't do anything differently. I would say, you know, I'm, I'm super because it's all brought us here. You know, yeah. like everything that we've done and all the decisions we've made has brought us here. And I couldn't imagine it any other way. If anything, I'd be like, I wish we would have bought the boat sooner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, realized, you know, that we need to go sailing yeah, sooner. <laughs> and yeah, that, that would have, honestly, yeah, that's probably, that's probably it. Just, you know, just, just don't fear it. Just, just go do it. Just, just go for it and it'll all be fine. It's going to be way different than what you expect, but way better, you know, in, in a way, you know, like it's way better that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your inspirational story. I feel so motivated now uh, because I feel like you have literally followed in the same footsteps I'm about to go <laughs> down to the region and, and all. But of course, before we wrap up, do tell people where can they follow you in the online world? Oh, yeah. So we are Cruising Maya on Instagram, um, also on Facebook, and then uh, on YouTube. And, and our website, cruisingmaya.com, and that's Maya spelled M-A-Y-A. And uh, yeah, you can reach us there. Send us a message on you know YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. We're out there, and we'd uh, love to hear from you. Yeah, Any we love questions? meeting people. Yeah. A big thank you to Jenny and Mac for chatting with me this week. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. And if you want to see what cruising in Alaska looks like, definitely go check out Cruising Maya on YouTube and Instagram. I have a few more liveaboard stories in store for you, so keep an eye out for new episodes on Wednesdays. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.